Welcome back to another episode of the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Daniel Roney, our resident chiropractor and functional medicine practitioner. And I'm so excited for this interview because we are talking all about seasonal allergies, which for any who have seasonal allergies, you know the time is almost upon us with spring coming. And having suffered from allergies in the past, I know how debilitating they can be. When they last for weeks or months, it really can begin to affect your quality of life, the way you go through your day, the way you interact with people. And so Dr. Roney really helps give us a different perspective to allergies. He really shifts the focus from this is just an unfortunate thing that happens to us and gives us our power back as individuals as he walks us through a more integrative approach to addressing allergies versus a conventional approach and what that entails, how we can begin to, as he says, calm the fuels to the fire and what those fuels are. So we talk about many of the physiological, internal and external factors that can make allergies worse, as well as some of the genetic factors that can make allergies worse. And then he walks us through what he would do with a patient to begin to address and calm their fires so that they may not have to deal with allergies at all, or if they do, it's very, very mineral, minimal. But at the end of the day, his message really is there are absolutely things we can do. We don't need to just wait every year or every change of the season for the allergies that are coming and just be a victim to them. So it was a very empowering and of course informational interview that I cannot wait for each of you to listen to. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Daniel Romy. Well, Dr. Roney, welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Yeah, great to be here. So today we are going to be discussing seasonal allergies with spring right on top of us. So can you just help us give us the big picture? What are some of the biggest factors that can contribute to seasonal allergies? Yeah, sure. And and it's a bit ironic because I woke up today with a little bit of like nasally and eye puffiness and things like that. So uh, with the winds that stirred up over the last week or so and then the change of seasons coming, Uh, there's definitely factors involved with it. So uh, big picture, right? Mm -hmm. Big picture, we want to look at the immune system first because that's what happens. It gets overstimulated. But the question is twofold. A, why does that happen? And is it normal, right? So I think a lot of doctors might say, well, it's just normal. You know, people get these allergies and so forth. But on our side of the fence, when we look at this integratively, we're thinking, well, it's a symptom. So I'm not sure if I would consider it normal. I think it's common, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But if we can break down as we go through this, we'll break down what the causes are. So then we can reduce the tendency of having those quite a bit. So that's a good thing. There's a lot of answers for them uh, because I know, you know, historically, even for me personally, they affect you quite a bit. I mean, it puts you in a little bit of a fog and you, you get drained a little bit, a little fatigue. Yeah. And, and of course, they're annoying as all heck. Yeah. And then it's sort of this inevitable thing that like, OK, the doom is coming, coming. Right. you know, March is almost here. That's exa- exactly right. So let's let's look at it, you know, kind of big picture as far as I'll use the term fuel and fire. Right. So think of your immune system as like a campfire. 
it's you know it's controlled and that's the biggest term that i that i think is relevant here it's a small fire it's a controlled environment everything's good and then think of maybe a an inferno right so if the immune system gets overstimulated and it goes from a campfire above that anything in between that and an inferno typically we might get symptoms that show our immune system is overworking or mm -hmm. overstimulated that's really what allergies are right so if we have that then we have to go back and think okay well what stimulated that fire to be too much mm -hmm. that then created these symptoms and so the fuels to the fire right so think of you know if i have this campfire and it has wood in it and i have oxygen around of course and i have this fire but then think if you throw gasoline on it and you throw diesel fuel and propane on it all of a sudden that thing's going to just start getting a little bit out of control that's when you'll get symptoms mm -hmm. so it's really trying to identify for people what fuels will fuel the fire and cause the fire be, to be too large now on the other hand we can we'll recommend some things to calm the fire down right how to pour water on that fire and those are things like and i'll get back to these vitamin d and glutathione and quercetin and curcumin and things like that those are very good to calm the fire down but on the other side it's really important to understand the fuels and then I think what happens to the body mm -hmm. in general. Okay, so let's dive into some of those fuels. So some of those, it sounds like what you're saying is some of those absolutely can be external. Yes. But then we also, there are some internal factors that can also make that fire no bigger than it needs to be. That's exactly, it's a, it's a great way to put it. Yeah. So essentially what happens if I get, if I'm getting that response, which is allergy, so it's watery eyes, it's runny nose. Uh, mucus production, congestion. inflammation, congestion, all that. Um, most likely, some of my barrier systems internally have broken down, right? Mm -hmm. The number one is going to be your gut barrier, okay? So we talk a lot about leaky gut in, in the podcast, and I talk about it to every patient that probably comes in <laughs> because it's so important to the overall immune system because it's 70% of your immune barrier. So there's this term called leaky gut or intestinal permeability. So if I have, if I'm eating things and I'm breathing things in and things are entering my body, I have um, barrier systems. One is your gut, which is the most important. There's another called the blood brain barrier and then your lung barrier. So and there's, there's a couple more, but those are the three main ones. If those start to get compromised and things are permeating through those that aren't supposed to get through, like in the gut, mm -hmm. where they permeate these toxins or undigested proteins or pathogens or whatever it might be, instead of staying in my gut and going basically to the liver and then out via fecal matter, they'll start to permeate through the intestinal wall. Once they're in that bloodstream, the immune system says, I don't know what that is, I'm going to attack it. So to your point, internally, there are things that have probably broken down related to this overactive immune response. So, and the gut is probably one of the mm -hmm. biggest areas that um, is typically involved when we have allergies, even you know, not just food allergies, but we're talking mm -hmm. about your seasonal allergies yeah. because that barrier system that's supposed to protect us is no longer protecting us, creating an overactive response. Mm -hmm. okay. Hopefully that makes some sense. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. So now on the outside there, the fuels, right? 
so yes, again, it, it comes down to a lot of times what we put into our body. It, it will come down to infections in the body. Say we have chronic candida infection. Say we have parasitic infections in the gut. Uh, hypothetically, we have, you know, hypothetically our oral cavity where they call these cavitations where either I have heavy metals in the uh, fillings and or I have these tiny holes that have bacteria in them. Uh, I could have um, just overexposure to toxins in my environment, molds, etc. right? Mm -hmm. All these different things in today's world just constantly create your gasoline, your diesel, and your propane that just stokes the fire. And then the fire gets too much and then the body has can't hold it because it doesn't have a threshold anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we, we lose threshold and then our body's going to respond. Now, I think it's important that, that we understand a little physiology here. Yeah. So I'll keep it simple though. So anytime a foreign invader enters our body, you're, the first cell typically at that response is going to be what they call a mast cell, M-A-S-T. And that cell is going to basically try to attack that antigen or that foreign invader. But what happens is the mast cell explodes, right? What it releases is something called histamine. Oh, okay. So we get large amounts of histamine and histamine is what's going to produce a lot of the mucus, right? It will also produce what they call cytokines, which are inflammatory proteins mm. in the body. So really at the core of this, our body's overstimulated, right? Creating too much mast cell production, creating the symptoms mm -hmm. that we see as far as allergies. So again, it's like, well, why do some people have them and some people don't, mm -hmm. right? That to me tells me that they're not really normal, they're common, yeah. or everybody would have them, mm -hmm. right? It's really the, you're too many fuels, too much fire, your body's overreacting mm -hmm. to it to try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, so basically when the when those seasonal allergies come along, you know, things like pollen that aren't normally in the air, it's that like final final fuel Straw to the fire that breaks yeah. the camel's back. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just a little too much. That, and so it almost for you as a practitioner is if someone's coming in saying my allergies are out of control, it's almost a sign to you of, okay, we actually have got some root cause underlying yeah. inflammation going on. We got to dig deeper. 100%. It's, I couldn't put it better myself. That's, <laughs> a, that's exactly what happens. It, it's a sign that your immune system is overworking. Now, when we, to, to kind of parallel that a little bit, chronic disease, that's how it kind of starts. Right. So if autoimmune, we see autoimmune patients, we see cancer patients, we see whatever. It typically is going to start with too much fuel causing too much fire. And then the immune system, if there's too much of it, just starts to get out of control. And or I'll use the term dysregulated because it's going to affect all those inflammatory cytokines will eventually start to break down the gut barrier, the lung barrier, the blood brain barrier. And now our body which is supposed to be protecting us is no longer protecting us properly, which means the immune system gets overworked. And then the term I'll use, it gets dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And now it's no longer controlling attackers and taggers and suppression. And all of a sudden, now that's late stage of this whole thing. But if that happens chronically, starting with those symptoms of allergies and uh, seasonal allergies, and it's not fixed, and there's more and more fuels and more and more breakdown, then we can lead into autoimmunity, cancer, things like that. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, oh, red flag. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious now because you brought up an interesting point, which is 
like a common thing people take during this time are antihistamines. Mm -hmm. So antihistamines aren't really, it's just because the histamine is what the mast cell releases after it has dealt with Correct. A pathogen or something. And so Correct. all it's doing is what helping bind the histamine to something to get it out of the body. Yeah, it basically it basically blocks the histamine production at the cellular level, right? So oh. so to your point, what I think you were getting at is if we think about and, and again, let's compare conventional and, mm -hmm, and the, yeah. the mentality, it's a band-aid. So yes, it could help symptoms. And and uh, sometimes I, I'm okay with that, right? But if that's the only thing and we're not understanding the bigger picture to, to try to control it better by getting rid of the gasolines and the propanes and the and the diesel fuels, then it's it's this common problem that yes, symptomatically we can control, but it's not fixing the root cause. And typically, we see it get worse and worse and worse. Mm. So there is a progression personally that I've seen, unless again, we start going back to how to fix it, right? Yeah. And maybe we'll get into that in just a little bit. Yeah, well, let's let's dive into that a little bit because I love on this podcast comparing and contrasting the conventional approach to things yeah. versus integrative. So yep. can you talk to us a little bit about what a conventional approach to treating seasonal allergies might be? And then we can dive into integrative. Yeah, you, I mean, they'll, they may do some testing. Um, I don't, it's probably another topic as far as the different testing, but they'll do some basic testing. They'll find out, okay, maybe it's skin pricking, things like that, that say, okay, you're allergic to this, this, and this. So try to avoid those, right? But then what they'll do is give the antihistamines, the Benadryls, things like that, that, um, that just block it. And that, I mean, to be honest, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really, they're going to prescribe, sometimes they'll do, um, you know, for the nasal passages because they get swollen, they'll give Flonase or some type of steroid to try to open the nasal passages up. They'll give the Benadryls, they'll give the Claritins, they'll, they'll recommend some of those things, especially if, if it's severe for somebody, they'll get more into the heavy duty meds. Um, and again, the idea is it's just band-aiding. But if, we, if you get that concept, I think the one thing I was driving in trying to think of this articulated concept is there's fuel that is overstimulating my immune system and most likely i'm having breakdown of certain barrier systems in my body that's creating it so what i'd like to have people understand is just look at it as a symptom that probably or let's look at it like if i'm driving my car and the red oil light comes on right mm -hmm. that or or the check engine light comes mm -hmm. on that's allergies are kind of yeah. a check engine light yeah yeah and in real life we don't just like cover that light with that's a paper right. so we can't right. see it <laughs> and that's what the claritin would do yeah. that's what the benadryl did great point great yeah. point yeah it's like okay i'm just gonna stick it on here but but again most of the in my experience most of our audience won't haven't even been taught to connect those dots so they're like, okay, this is the answer, yeah. you know? And so these podcasts are so good because it, it's a broader awakening. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. There's causes to it. If I work on the causes, maybe I don't need the Claritin or the Benadryl. And, and even personally, I probably cleaned up my allergies, I'd say 90 plus percent. And I had them really bad growing up. And I have theories and all that mm -hmm. as far as, as what happens, but um, I've been able to clean them up, but I'll still get here and there like this morning you know too much wind too much dust in the air what i've eaten recently can play a factor because 
the body's transient, right? So you could be at a low threshold as far as these, this response. And then I eat something bad a couple days ago and all of a sudden my immune system is cranked up. Mm -hmm. Now I get exposed to this air and I've lost threshold. I've lost my buffer system. So I have symptomatic reaction. If I create a better buffer with my immune system by getting rid of the fuels, right? I, I can breathe things in, I can eat things, I can do X, Y, or Z without creating symptoms, mm -hmm. right? If I have this inflammatory response going on because I already have fuels to the fire, my threshold has become less. So it doesn't take as much to throw it off, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that can, that can I'll use the term wax and wane on a daily basis, depending on other things that I'm doing to yeah. myself or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's a different way of looking at life, which is exactly what you said. It comes in ebbs and flows. And That's right. maybe we can begin to teach people, hey, if you've got currently bad seasonal allergies, as that time comes around, maybe that's a sign to you of, you know what, I'm gonna reduce the inflammatory foods I eat during that's this exact, time. That's exactly, yeah, perfect. But we're not really trained that normally. We kind of just want, here's the solution forever. This is all I'm gonna do. Right. It's sort of very one track mind what's the easiest route and yeah i think just the key to longevity is the exact opposite we've got to know our bodies intimately and we've got to be able to ride those waves as they yeah. come yeah it, it, you know to that point because it again it's bigger picture okay if my immune system is doing this now right and i understand the fuel and the fire and the breakdown of the barrier systems that start to create more and more of this usually it's a progressive process it gets worse and worse and worse because let's face it, as we get older, your your health doesn't generally get better because we lose certain hormones, we lose some things. Now it shouldn't fall off a cliff, right? But we will lose the ability to, um, I guess, to you know, adapt to our environment just biochemically in our body. So as we get older, I think it's even more important to be able to to understand the fuels to the fire, understand our gut health, understand our lung barrier, blood brain barrier, and how to keep those strong and healthy, and also understand where the fuels can be coming from so we can stay away from them as best we can. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, if we do that, our seasonal allergies should go down and our immune system dysregulation, which that regulation just helps keep us strong and healthy from autoimmune, from cancers, from these you know chronic diseases. Um, now we're getting into a bigger picture of health. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the connection that I wanted to make, you know, part, yeah. in part wanted to make. Yeah, okay, so now let's look at the integrative side. So yeah. when you have a patient who comes in, my gosh, my allergies are out of control, mm -hmm. where do you start and what's kind of the process you take them through? Yeah, okay, so first and foremost, I think the easiest thing I could do for them is explain, let's pour water on the fire. So what things are going to help control their immune system better? Well, vitamin D is by far the number one, right? So I might put them on five, 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. I then will put them on something called glutathione. Glutathione is their body's most powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Mm. And when we have elevated inflammatory proteins, glutathione constantly is being used to try to keep, keep those down. And so we're using a lot of it. So we'll do glutathione. Curcumin is a, a very good anti-inflammatory. It lowers the inflammatory, they call them proteins, nuclear factor K, beta, COX-2, things like that, um, and resveratrol. So I might put them on a co combo of curcumin and resveratrol, vitamin D, glutathione, and then there's others. There's fish oils and things like that, short-chain fatty acids. It depends on 
the extent of their fire, mm -hmm. of how much I'll recommend, and then how many things I might put them on. But that right there, if you think about your, your fire, more than a campfire, that is like the water to the fire. Mm -hmm. But remember, that's still kind of a Band-Aid. Yeah. Because on the other side of the column, if you will, now we have to get rid of the fuels. So one of the first things that we'll make them aware of is what they're eating right? Because it does make a big difference. Your glutens, your soys, your dairies. You know, I like to put them on a, what I call the, a modified paleo, where if you can't pick it or chase it, then stay away from it. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a deserted island, what could you eat? Well, whatever the island offers you in its most natural form. I know it's, it's remedial, right? But that's a good start for people to understand, well, what could be creating some of these seasonal allergies or lessening my threshold, right? So the foods are definitely going to be a big part. And then I'll work on their gut for sure. Mm -hmm. So I get them on enzymes, I get them on good probiotics, spore producing probiotics, and I definitely work on their gut lining. So there's products out there that, uh, one's called Repairvite, GI Restore, gut ion solution, they're all very similar in what they have. They'll have things like glutamine in them, L-glutamine, aloe vera, the glycerized licorice, marshmallow root extract. These are all very good to heal what they call leaky gut or permeability. You don't want these things that you're, that you're exposed to permeating through that gut wall because it's only going to fire up that inflammatory response, creating more of the allergy situation. So I think the gut is a big factor. The fifth thing with the gut that I'll work on, so eliminate foods, replace enzymes, revive the microbiome, repair the gut wall. The fifth one is to remove infections if they're uh, there. Uh -huh. Most patients that I've dealt with have either candida overgrowth because their gut microbiome, which is, it, they use the term dysbiosis, not to get too technical, but it's basically you don't have enough good bacteria and your bad bacteria kind of outnumbers your good, which then allows for pathogens or infections to fester. Mm -hmm. Candida or yeast overgrowth is one of the most common in relation to these allergies. So I have them either see Molly here, I'll do a stool ecology. I want to know if they have these gut infections because if they do, the first four things that I, I talked about within the gut, remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair, won't have as much of an impact if there's chronic infection in there. So if we can get, you know, the foods cleaned up, the gut cleaned up and pour water on the fire, honestly, for most people, that does the trick. Mm, and wow. they start to see less and less of these allergies because they've cleaned up that 70% barrier and they're pouring water on the fire. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. And what I love about this is it's really giving the patient, the individual, this message of, you do have control. There are things to do. You're not just an unfortunate victim of chance. That's right. That's a, that's exactly right. And and I think again, comparatively, I've heard a lot of patients now 20 plus years doing this. I've heard a lot of patients say, "Well, my doctor just says, ah, it's normal. I mean, everybody everybody has allergies or or what mm -hmm. have you." And again, you know, that's the difference in the mentality. I, the the best thing I could probably articulate in as it relates to that is these things are common, but they're not normal, right? And that's a big revelation. If somebody can get that in their brain, they go, okay, that makes sense. I get these symptoms. I get these seasonal allergies. They bother the heck out of me. I don't really have control. Mm -hmm. To your point, 
you absolutely do have control. There's a formula in everything. There's a formula for anti-aging, right? Beyond skin cream. It really starts <laughs> internally yeah. at a cellular level. And internally, it starts with low inflammation. If I have these seasonal allergies, I know my body's inflamed and going through a, an, what they call a cytokine or inflammatory protein storm. So with that, it's like, okay, well, what causes it? What are the fuels to the fire? What is it telling me about my body? All right, time to get to work. Mm -hmm. and, and that's power, mm -hmm. right? Because now you're your own best doctor. You're, you're an advocate for yourself. Yeah. Control. Yeah, and two things. One, you feel so much more empowered of, oh, I understand myself better. Yep. There are things I can do. I'm not just a victim. And then two, big picture again is these are all symptoms and signs. It's your body trying to communicate with you That's at right. a very root. And if we ignore that communication for a long period of time, it will become an issue so much worse than just allergies. No question. To, to your point before, you know, the check engine light comes on. Most people are like, oh boy you know, that's, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I better get this checked out. Now, some ignore it, you know, as when I was younger, I definitely was <laughs> like, let me see how far I can get with this. But as I get older, I'm like, okay, that's a problem because you learn that if you do ignore it, it tends to turn into a, a, an elephant, you know? Yeah. And so if we can get on it early by recognizing these symptoms to your point, couldn't have said it better. You go, okay, the check engine lights on, it shows that there's a problem. Let me start working on it. Let me at least learn about it more and then I can control it better. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. So before we close, I do want to just ask, are we saying that seasonal allergies are completely unavoidable or excuse me, completely avoidable? Or are there still going to be the few people who have like truly a severe allergy to certain things? And yeah. what's point. your take on that? Yeah, good point. You know, there's there's probably other variables going on um, there. I'm learning more and more about the genetic mutations that we have in our body. So there's, um, you know, this overproduct overproduction of histamine with some people based on some of their gene mutations. So we're starting to test. Um, I think it's a good idea. There's a really good book. If anybody has major problems with histamine and, and overreaction uh, of allergies and so forth, it's called Dirty Genes. It's by Ben Lynch. Uh, so Dr. Lynch is, is one of the foremost authorities on your gene mutations that then turn on. So they call it, it's a genotype that, that turns into a phenotype or a gene expression. And that could create a problem with your body's ability to uh, control histamine, quite frankly, mm -hmm. and one of the genes can. Mm -hmm. So there could be some of that involved, right? So hypothetically, if I get a patient that I've worked through the foods and I've worked through the fuels and the fire and everything, and I even look deeper into some of the fuels where mold exposure is a big deal, candida like we talked about, heavy metals, non-metal toxins, um, they're, they're hormones, right? They're, they're thyroid and they're hormones all can play a factor into this overactive immune response. So if I feel comfortable that I work on all of those, then it's like, okay, it's not that we can't still fix it. It's there's other things that are going on and that's the detective work. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, to your point, there are some people that may have either more fuels that are a little bit deeper in root cause. Uh, you know, I'm reading a book called toxic. It's about mold exposure. It's about Lyme's disease, things like that that are becoming a little more prevalent, especially this mold concept mm. where we're exposed to these molds. 
And if they're in our body, what will happen is even if I was exposed 10 years ago, not to get too off topic, but they can settle in our tissues. And then the immune system is, is constantly looking at that as a foreign invader. So attack, attack, attack. Well, that attack, think of diesel and propane, is fueling the fire, which means your threshold for tolerance of anything starts to go down, down, down. So these people become super sensitive to everything. Mm. Smells, wind, dust foods, you name it, all across the board. Well, they've totally lost tolerance wow. because their uh, their fuels to the fire are so great, they have no more immune threshold mm-hmm. and every little thing fires it off. So to your point, there are some more things that can be at play, genetics being one of those. But I still am going to say to everybody, those still can be fixed yeah. to where, you know, um, let's say 10 to 15% of this were still unknown. But I would say 75, 85% of these things are known, right? Yeah. So if we clear that everything we know out, we should at least get you 75, 80% better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that, that, you know, and, and for most people, even way more, it's just a matter of how diligent they are, how disciplined they are, things like that. But yeah, there are other factors that could be in play. But at the end of the day, I still believe we can find those and fix those and still get people significantly better. Yeah, I love that. And it's sort of like, look, let's start with the easy stuff. That's first. exactly let's right. Let's address the gut. Let's yep. address diet. Let's address those fuels. Yep. And then if there's still an issue, which again, which you've said is even by that point, you'll probably still be significantly better. But if there's still a lingering issue that you want to yep. deal with, then we can start to look at what's some of the genetic factors. It, you know, getting into, yeah, it's, uh, over, over the years early on, again, to this point, I used to test a lot of things early on. Right. And there's a lot of money put out for those tests because some of these are kits that you take home that insurance still isn't on par with this alternative concept. So some of those are out of pocket, quite Mm -hmm. frankly. So what I learned was maybe that's a little aggressive approach right off the bat. But if somebody said, no, test everything, and then we'll start working on things uh, that come back positive, I will do that. But, but to your point, I tell patients, look, let's start conservative with what I've seen help the most people the fastest. And that's food changes, gut health, and, and pouring water on the fire mm-hmm. tends to work really, really well for most people. But if we go through that process over the next couple months and you're still having quite a bit of symptoms or you're not noticing a big change, we have other fuels to the fire, right? That we can check for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I use an analogy. If, if, I'm, if there's a refinery fire, right, at an oil refinery, I could have 100 firemen throwing water on that fire, but unless they shut off the gas source, they're helping but it's not really fixing yeah they're sort of like just keeping it at bay that's right yeah that's right and for some people we have to go down that rabbit hole of molds and environmental toxins and you know heavy metals and things like that that as we and i use the the oral cavity too i mean we may have to go through five six seven different things for some patients uh, to be able to clean that, uh, clean those allergies up. Mm-hmm. There's always a cause. There's always a stimulant going on. We just sometimes have to go down that rabbit hole of, of finding them. Yeah, it's a little harder to find. But it it's so empowering and hopeful to be able to come to a place like Center for New Medicine mm-hmm. where every practitioner really is committed and even excited to be your detective. Yeah, 
yeah. to really pair up with you in this. That, absolutely. And, and even, you know, the cancer patients I see, my autoimmune patients, my allergy patients, I tell them the same story. I want to, I, we want to give you what we've learned, right? Even personally, I told you, I've been dealing with allergies pretty much my entire life, really bad as a kid. Uh, and I've, I've researched things personally. So I'm a patient too, mm -hmm. you know? So I do it when I learn these things, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I want to share this because I have better control personally. And I feel like to your point health-wise, when I'm cleaning all this stuff up, getting my inflammation better, getting my immune system threshold better, clearing out the fuels to the fire, I'm basically slowing my aging process down significantly at the cellular level. So it's like all these win-win-wins yeah, exactly. that, that happen. But again, allergies are just a sign that you potentially could be overstimulating your immune system that could lead to bigger problems. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, right. and you do all these things, your allergies clear up and oh wow, my joint pain gone yes, too. <laughs> ex exactly right. And, and you know, one thing that I did want to mention in this whole process is that the whole vaccine thing, right? So in today's world, if you look at the vaccine schedule of kids, right, it's unbelievable the amount of vaccinations that they get early on in their lives. I'm going to say theoretically, because that's what all probably I'm allowed to say, that can't be good for your immune system from the fuel standpoint and mm -hmm. fire standpoint. There, there's probably a fine line, but it went from, I don't know, a handful in the 70s to 50, 60, 70, 80 vaccinations throughout our, the, the children's life now. Mm -hmm. There's also an exponential rise in asthma and allergies and autoimmunity and things like that. So again, it's just trying to be aware of some of these things that, you know, in the book Toxic, you know, the, the, one of the foremost authorities, Dr. Neil Nathan, on this mold and toxicity and what we're going through in a society and what we're seeing, we're just overexposed to too much, I hate to use the term, but crap, right? Yeah, we're yeah. just overexposed everywhere yeah. we look. So I only mentioned that so people can at least understand that too much of that stuff, too much of the other stuff, too much of bad foods, too much of toxins, too much of the stuff that's in the foods, too much of the, the environmental toxins, that's where we start to get the immune system overworking mm -hmm. to lead to just a simple seasonal allergy that then can turn into an autoimmune condition that then can turn into a cancerous yeah. issue, yeah. right? It's just, it's all of that. Yeah, so, and it's worth mentioning. It, it doesn't mean that vaccines are inherently bad. It no. doesn't mean maybe they don't have a place, but no, right. it is it is okay to say, hey, are we maybe doing too much too soon all at one time? And that's, what, that's really what I was getting yeah. at. I'm not saying don't do them. I'm not saying, uh, you know, it's being aware that the research is becoming, I think, a little more clear that we're just kind of overdoing it mm -hmm. to our body. And so, you know, again, when you go back to the vaccines, I'm always a benefit versus risk. You know, if the benefit outweighs the risk, absolutely you know and that's what you have to weigh in but i i just think it's important to understand the totality of it where yes they could be a factor and the foods could be a factor and the environmental toxins could be a factor and all these different fuels to the fire yeah. at least if you're aware of them you could say hmm i can now make an informed decision on how to administer 
whether it's a vaccine or, hey, what foods do I want to avoid that are known to be inflammatory? Do I want to eat organic because it takes away the, you know, the non-metal toxins, herbicides, fungicides, pesticides? Do I want to change my lotions and my creams to something that's a little less innocuous to the immune system? Do I want to? Do I want to? Mm -hmm. Not saying you have to, but I feel like our job is to at least to make you aware as to what we're seeing and what the research is clearly showing we're just over inundated with stuff yeah so yeah and it's you know we a little off topic here but i think it's still super interesting but when we're talking about vaccines specifically Mm -hmm. it is very much a one-size-fits-all approach sure absolutely and there are just so many different people so many different genetic factors and as you said if you have a it might behoove us to make it a little more individualized. If you have a kid coming in who already has a bunch of predisposed things, it might be a red flag of, you know what, this might be the final, you know, absolutely um, the final straw for his body and that tips him over the edge. It's exactly in my opinion, right? And I think this is a strong based on what I've seen 20 years. I've worked with autistic kids. I've worked with ADHD kids. I've worked with, you know, allergies and asthma and all autoimmunes, et cetera. I think you're exactly right. In, so I was sitting in a webinar, um, and not again, not to get too off topic, but, <laughs> and the webinar was from uh, the RGCC, mm. which is the, uh, the liquid biopsy we send to Greece for our cancer patients. Well, they came up with a COVID vaccine, right? So I w- we were sitting in on the webinar, and cl- in clear, bold print that they went over in the webinar, they said, don't give this vaccine if the patient has these signs and symptoms, right? if they have autoimmunity, right? Because that tells you your immune system's already dysregulated, overworking, right? If they have infections in the body, if they have, uh, let's see, elevated uh, inflammatory markers like C-reactive protein, uh, sedimentation rate, things like that. And if they have major signs of like asthma and allergies and so forth. So what they're saying to your exact point is if they have a storm already brewing or they have an already existing high fire, more than a campfire in their body, and you expose them to this vaccination, there could be, I'm not saying there will, they didn't say there will be a problem, but you could have the tipping point, right? The straw that breaks the camel's back, and now there's consequences to pay. So if you want my opinion based on what I've seen over my career, that's exactly what happens. In our society, conventionally, whatever, we don't look at those factors. We don't individualize it. Mm-hmm. I know I know for a fact uh, that if you come in, say I brought myself or my child in t- to get a vaccination, and they already had, say, a cold or a flu, right, fever, the doctors are trained not to give that vaccination because they know there could be inherent risk to that, mm-hmm. right? Well, asthma and allergies, what's the difference? Your immune system is still overcranked and there's a fire already existing in there. We don't know for that individual how much of that fire is then going to create more fire. That's their tipping point. Mm -hmm. That's the point where they're making these decisions, you know, countrywide as far as these vaccinations and they're not individualizing it. It's a little, to me, it's scary based on what I know and what people know in this alternative kind of mentality that fire, more fire is going could potentially lead to a problem. Yeah. And so I, I just wish from a standpoint of understanding like they do in Europe there, right? They're looking at these contraindications first 
and then saying, hey, it's not saying don't do it. It's saying get those cleaned up first, bring the fire down, and then do it. And then you won't have potentially the repercussions mm-hmm. from it. That's yeah. all. I know yeah. we're a little off topic, no, but I, it I does mean, tie in. Yeah, and it's fascinating. So <laughs> I, I love these little tangents. Yeah. Hopefully the audience does. Yeah, too. yeah. I think it's, I think it's uh, just giving perspective and then understanding. I think our, our people, defi- our, our patients really, really like it for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Dr. Roney, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, my pleasure. I know Always this is going to be so helpful, especially again, coming into allergy season. Right. So thanks. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Good luck, everybody.